Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 19 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up on today's show, going to be joined by NASCAR crew chief Jason Miller. But before we bring Jason in, I want to remind you folks that we are, as always, presented by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot, and prepared just like you like it. Want jalapenos, cheese on that? No problem. Have you had your cover? Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. David Starr joins us. David, hope you had a good Easter weekend and a nice uh, weekend off, my friend. What's going on? Man, it was uh, it was a great weekend. It got to, like I said, since we've been off, had a couple weeks off. I uh, catch it up on being a dad and a husband. Got to spend a lot of time with my two little boys and uh, Baseball practices, soccer games, baseball games, football practices, football games, you know, and just all kinds of cool stuff. Easter was great. Woke up, and, uh, man, the Easter buddy made a mess of my house, man. I mean, there was candy and <laughs> eggs everywhere. And uh, Saturday night, we uh, well, two weeks ago, uh, we went to uh, Kennedale. Uh, they had a little dirt track just in South Fort Worth, a place called Kennedale. And, uh, and then this past Saturday uh, – Easter, I guess, uh, uh, Saturday night, we went to Cam Race, Cam Cartway, and uh, watched some uh, some go kart sprint cars race. We're looking to get my little boy Vance uh, uh, into a sprint car, a muddy sprint car, as he calls it. So, uh, and then man, Easter just had a great day on Easter, great time on Easter. Spent it with my my mom and dad, my sister, and brother-in-law and her kids and my brother just it was just a great time a, a beautiful day a beautiful celebration it was just a lot of fun how about you guys and a very good weekend i went back to kansas city saw the family before my dad takes off to uh, asia for a couple weeks and uh, wow. yeah yeah he's uh, he's doing some mission work out there so good to send dad off and uh, have a good weekend with him and the whole family and and Dominic Oregon of the RacingExperts.com joins us as well. Dominic, I uh, hope you had a good Easter weekend yourself. What's going on with you? Yeah, it was a great Easter weekend. Like, you guys got to spend it with the family. We had a nice little get-together at my mom and dad's house, so we had the whole family over. My grandparents got to come over, my mom's sister, my auntie and her family. We do some fun little Easter egg challenges, right? So we go out in the backyard, the men divide up, the women divide up, and whoever gets the most eggs gets to pick from the prizes. So we always make a little competition out of it. You know us. We always have to make competitions out of something. So we made sure to do that with Easter. We watched Mass in the morning. It was a good little get-together, and it was much needed for sure. That's great. David, i got to ask you, before we bring in Jason here, uh, to give a little inside baseball, you've been off two straight weeks do you like the time off? Did you need the time off? What, what do you make of just having this time away from the racetrack for a bit, being back at home? Well, it's, it's not so much for me personally. It's, it's for the teams. You know what I mean? When you race six, seven weeks straight, sometimes eight, nine, ten weeks straight, it gives your racing team a time. I mean, the guys, I mean, the, 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 te the team members, your team – People need to spend time with their families, and they get to kind of breathe a little bit, catch up at the shop, get some race cars ready, fix some damaged race cars. It's, you know, it's it's more about the teams. I mean, these crew chiefs, engineers, and these crew members that, I mean, without all these those guys, you don't have no sport. You know what I mean? And, and man, they're married, they got kids, and and it's important for those guys to spend some time with their family as well. And 
and be a dad, be a husband, catch up on some honeydews around their house. So I think it's just great for the racing teams. For me personally, I mean, I'd race every night if I could, you know what I mean? But, uh, but it's, it's, you know, even me, I, I live, eat, sleep racing, but having a weekend off or two weekends off gives me a time to catch up on some sponsor commitments and, and catching up with some sponsor people. And, uh, and, and add catching up being a husband, you know what I mean? Spending some time with my wife and, and spending some time with my kids, you know? I mean, I love my family. We all love our families, you know? But we know that the sport that we make a living in is such a great sport, but it, it takes a lot of our time. It's a big commitment, you know what I mean? So I, I don't mind a weekend off or two, but, man, I'm definitely ready to go race, no doubt. Well, tell us about our next guest, Jason Miller. Oh, man. You know, Jason Miller, I've known him for 25, 26 years, just a very passionate, somebody that's very competitive, just an awesome, awesome crew chief, somebody that, that it's just details, you know. I, I've known him for a long time and been fortunate enough to work with him over the years. He's been my crew chief, so I've won some races with him. But, man, this guy, he knows how to make these race cars get around the racetrack really good, really fast. And not only is if he, he's one of my favorite crew chiefs, he's made a, a name for himself in this business, and uh, he's just an awesome guy, and he's one of the best crew chiefs I, I would say in our in our sport, you know. So I, I'm 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 excited that he's going to join us. <laughs> well, Jason, welcome in. Appreciate you uh, stopping by and hanging out with us today, man. Hey, man, I appreciate being here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, well, let's get started then uh, right away. Uh, David, you gave that a fine introduction. Where do we begin with with you and Jason? Well, I, I wanted to ask Jason. I mean, we, we, we've got a lot of history together in NASCAR, but I wanted to ask you, Jason, man, you know, take us back to take us back to Jason Miller's younger days. You know, how did how did you get involved in racing? Was your dad involved? Did your uncle kind of tell us a little bit how how all this started? You know, how did it start for Jason Miller? Well, I think the, I remember the first time working on a race car, I was probably seven years old. Wow. Uh, yeah, my dad, you met my uncle in Indy that one year at ORP, remember? Oh, yeah. My uncle, my uncle Ron Hayes. Uh, he actually, um, he was the driver. My dad was the crew chief. Um, they built race cars growing up in Indiana, being around the Indianapolis 500. They grew up running all the little local tracks. Um, I think the first car my dad built, and my uncle drove, my dad wasn't even old enough to get into the pit area to, to help work on it. At that time, he had to be 18 years old to get into the pit area. He was 16, and he had, they'd built their first race car. So it, it was, so I'd just been around it my entire life, um, running the little dirt tracks and stuff around Indiana. I actually tried driving for a little while. That didn't work out all that great. <laughs> <laughs> I was much better at working on them than driving them, but I gave it a shot. You know, I wanted to try. Um, C.J. Rayburn, I know everybody that, that has anything to do with, with dirt racing. Uh, C.J. helped me out a lot. Um, a guy by the name of Jerry Reynolds, he helped me out a lot. Jerry actually gave me my first ride in a race car. Didn't know a thing of what I was going to do. I went to a little local dirt track, and he had an IMCA modified, and he put me in it, and I embarrassed myself a little bit, but I had a lot of fun, and I learned more what not to do than to do. But, uh, I, I mean, I just – it's been in my blood. It's been in our family our entire life, and, and 
I grew up doing this. And I thought, I remember at 17, 18 years old, living in the summer, living in a toter home, running around all the local Winchester, Salem, Toledo, Ohio, uh, just running the ASA series, you know, just all I've ever done. Man, that's amazing, Jason. It's just to hear you talk, man, the, the, the stock car racing roots run deep in the Miller family, you know, and, and hearing by, I remember meeting your uncle Ron at our Indianapolis raceway park or ORP, whatever they call it these days. But, uh, but man, I know your dad pops, he's uh, a hell of a mechanic, hell of a fabricator and uh, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. So man, that was kind of cool being seven, eight years old and being around it so young, you know, it, uh, it's pretty cool that, that your uncle and your dad, the brothers, they, they raced together. That's, that's a pretty neat deal. Yeah, it really was. My brother, when he turned 18, uh, him, actually my uncle Ron, my dad really didn't want him doing it. So he told him, he said, if you want to do it, you got to do it. You know, show me you want to do it. So he went to my uncle Ron and they actually got a blueprint of a how car. And my uncle Ron was one heck of a fabricator and welder. And they actually built, they got a blueprint of a fifth design how car and actually built it on the garage floor. The first part that my brother drove when he was 18 years old. So uh, my brother was really, really good. Uh, he was a lot better race car driver than I was. And um, he won uh, a couple races at Winchester. He won a lot of local short track races around Indiana. Man, that's but, uh, amazing. That, that's amazing. You talk about Winchester and, and, you know, Ohio racetracks, some of these really famous short tracks around the country. I mean, Winchester, man, unbelievable. It's like a mini Bristol, I believe. And, uh, man, I heard you earlier say C.J. Rayburn, man. C.J. Rayburn, you know, I'm a dirt late model guy. And, uh, man, he, he back when I was racing dirt late model wedge cars, you had Larry Shaw and you had a C.J. Uh, Rayburn race car. You were uh, you, you were top dog, man. That was a big deal back then, you know. So uh, that's pretty cool that you were as exposed and knew him. Yeah, I used to hang around CJ a lot. A lot of, sometimes if I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of money. So I mean, CJ, if it wasn't for CJ, he give he would give me chassis, he would give me bodies, things that he made, he would give to me, things that that I had to buy for the car, he would sell them to me for my cost. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember a couple of times I had enough money to go to the racetrack. I had, the car was ready to go. But, and, you know, we run on alcohol on dirt. Right. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't have enough money to buy alcohol. So I would go to CJ, and I'm like, CJ, I need to buy some alcohol off of you. Okay. I said, I won't be able to pay you till next week. He says, well, I can't sell it to you anyway. He had an old school bus out behind his race shop, and that school bus was full of 55-gallon drums of alcohol. <laughs> And I used to go out and we'd roll one into my bed of my pickup truck so I could go racing that weekend. I mean, that's that's how big of a help CJ was to me in my racing career. You know, that what's so cool about that is, you know, you talk about the people that inspired us and helped us. And, you know, we all have, you know, we all have people that have really stepped out and made an impression or you know, inspired us to become who we are. But, you know, I, I just want to say I believe CJ saw something in you. He saw a guy that had a lot of want to and a guy that, that was that was passionate and driven and he knew you were going places and he wanted to he wanted to be one that was responsible for it. So I, I think you probably had something to do with why CJ wanted to help you so much. And that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I mean, he, I met him through my dad. I met everybody through my dad. If it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be here. So, um, CJ, I think I remember the first time CJ ever seen me race. He told my dad, if I didn't kill my dad burn self, I might make some. <laughs> <laughs> he, might, he might not have articulated it correctly in that way. He may have said some other words. But uh, CJ, CJ's been a really, really big part. Of, of getting me to North Carolina. You know, uh, like I said, there's so many people. Uh, my dad, crew chief, Ray Skillman. A lot of people know Ray Skillman. He's a big auto dealer in uh, Indianapolis. And um, my dad, crew chief, Tim, he was a big part in getting me here. I mean, there's just so many people that, that in, out of Indiana that, um, that were the reason why I'm here. You know, uh, Kenny Irwin. Uh, Kenny Irwin was a big part. Um, he didn't even he didn't even know I had moved to North Carolina because he'd always told me, you know, hey, if you ever want to come down here and go to work, let me know. He had just moved here and he just started racing, you know, and uh, got um, he got his first Cup ride. And um, I didn't want to be that guy that the driver got me the job or a crew chief got me the job. Actually, a friend of mine got me my first job with Andy Petrie on the 55 squared E car, uh, Jason Sheets. He was a tire changer and mechanic and stuff. And Jason, who drove that car? Uh, when I first went to work for that car at Andy's, it was Kenny Wallace. Wow. Yeah, Kenny Wallace was the first uh, driver that I worked, worked with, worked for, and uh, then Bobby Hamilton, and, wow. uh, which you know my, my history with Bobby Hamilton. You know, we, we, we went a long way together out of Nashville, Tennessee when I moved there and we become great friends and, uh, and a day go by, a day doesn't go by. I don't miss him, you know, and, and same way with Kenny, you know, racing the midgets and sprint cars and stuff in Indiana and being around Kenny, I went and helped him a few times. A lot of people don't know, but him and his dad bought a bush car to run ORP, uh, and it was it was a rough rough car, you know. It wasn't the greatest, but my dad crew chiefed it the first race for for Kenny Irwin at trying to make the Bush race at ORP. And uh, they didn't make that race, but I mean, my dad learned a lot, and and uh, it it built a really good relationship between me and Kenny. Man, Jason, I, I never knew I never knew that history there, man. So man, coming from Indiana, and I didn't know that y'all had a relationship with Kenny. That's amazing, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. His dad and my dad, uh, through Ray Skillman, Ray Skillman was really good friends with Kenny Irwin and, and his dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, we didn't get to see the best of Kenny Irwin. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't get he, – he had not get – we had not got to see his best yet. He was, he was a magnificent race car driver. I've seen him do things in sprint cars and midgets that would just make me sit back and go, wow, you know. It, anytime you went to a local sprint car or midget race back in those days, it was either Kenny Irwin or Tony Stewart going to win that race. Absolutely. Wow, yeah. man. Unbelievable. It's just, it's a shame, you know, it's just a shame that the, that the, the, the safety that we have today, the innovations in our sport, innovations in the race car, the innovations in the racetrack, and the, and the, and the innovations in the safety of, of what we wear as race car drivers, if we'd have had that back then, Kenny still be with us today. You know what I mean? It was, yes, you know, 
you know, he gave his life and a lot, several others to, to get us to where we're at today. You know what I mean? But man, unbelievable, man. I, I had no idea. So how did, how did Jason Miller know? So, so you transitioned, you moved from Indiana to Charlotte, North Carolina or wherever, you know, North Carolina went to go work for Andy Petrie. Andy Petrie's a big name in our sport, man. I mean, that, that guy, he's done a lot. So you go work for Andy Petrie and, and, uh, Man, you were, I'm sure you were all ears and just listened and you were at school. You're in college, man. You learned a lot. Yeah, I sure did. There was some great people. Andy had some great people working with him. And Jeff Swan, Bruce Morris, um, Jerry, Jerry Painter, you know, Jerry, Jerry Painter. Painter. Yeah. He still, hang, you know, he hangs some of the greatest truck bodies there is right, you know, out there in the sport right now. He hangs all the bodies for KBM. Uh, he was our head body hanger. I mean, there was so many people um, that that worked there that were just great, you know. And I and I owe all of that to Jason Cheats, you know. If if he wouldn't have called me up, I told him it was really funny. I went to the Atlanta race in in '98 and was just hanging out. And I told him, I said, you know what? You ever need anybody? Good cheap help? Call me. <laughs> Good cheap so, help, huh? <laughs> yeah, good cheap help. Somebody wanting to learn. Yeah. So, uh, I'd be, I mean, it wasn't even a, just about a year later. He said, hey, remember um, you said if you ever had an opportunity, you wanted to come down here and do this, uh, to give you a call. I said, yeah. He said, when do you want to come? <laughs> I was like, okay. I said, when do you want me there? He, he said, well, when, well, how fast can you be here? I said, well, really, you know, I'd like to give the people I'm working for a two-week notice. And he said, okay. He says, well, do you want to know how much money you're going to make? I said, no, not really. I said, it don't matter. I said, this is what I want to do, you know. So I went to the people that I worked for, and I told them what was up. And they were like, well, we really don't want you to leave. So they offered me a big raise and all kinds of things to get me to stay. And I'm like, look, you don't understand. They said, well, how much money are you going to make? I said, I'm going to make $500 a week. They said, do what? <laughs> I said, I'm going to make $500 a week. They said, we're offering you $75,000 a year to stay. And I'm like, you don't understand. I don't want to be 60 years old sitting on a front porch in a rocking chair saying I had a chance to go do that. And I was too afraid and I didn't go do it. I said, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. Money, money doesn't matter. So I had a, a bed, some fishing poles, and my <laughs> toolbox. And I threw them in the back of my old 1994 pickup truck. And down the road I went. Dude, the, and the rest is history, man. Let me tell you what, man. You yeah. you went to school there at Andy Petrie's. Now look at you. Unbelievable. Yep. When I learned so much. Man, you did. When did you know that, you know, when did working at Andy Petrie's and, and you know, working with uh, Kenny, Kenny Wallace and Bobby Hamilton, I mean, you talk about some stout race car drivers who did a lot on the cup side. You know, when did, when did Jason Miller transition to that crew chief? When did you know, hey, I finally <laughs> made it, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a – a big career in this sport here, you know, when, when did that happen? Was that after you left Andy Petrie's, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Um, 
I went, I went down there with a plan, but before I left, my dad looked at me. He said, son, I'm going to tell you something right now. He says, if you can't swim, swim real well, don't jump off the high dive into the deep end. <laughs> I was lost when I walked in there looking at those cars. I'd never seen any cars like that. You know what kind of cars I seen. You know, they were nothing like those. Right. So I kept my head down, kept my mouth shut. And I had two great mentors in Jeff Swan and Bruce Morris. And um, I just, I learned. When I first went there, I wasn't even on the road. I was just a shop guy. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because if I'd been on the road, I wouldn't have been had time to learn the car. And I, I got to where I would, I would do suspension and brakes. That's what I started doing. And, and then I would help pull motors and put motors in and put motors out. And then I'd hook them up on the chassis dyno. And I, I just tried to learn every aspect of the car because I knew one day if I was ever going to get a shot to be a crew chief, you have to know every aspect of the car. I even did, when I finally did go on the road, I even did tires for two years. I was a tire guy, you know, I, I just knew that, it's not one thing that makes these race cars go around the racetrack. It's everything combined. So I wanted, I'd learn every aspect of the car before I felt like it was time for me. I felt like I was ready to get, have a shot to be a crew chief. And then when I did get my first shot at being a crew chief, I still asked myself, oh, are you think you're really ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was, I took my time. I didn't rush into it. And I was smart enough. I come from a racing hist background and had a great dad that told me, you got to learn everything before you can do this. So I listened to my dad. <laughs> hey, that, that certainly uh, works. Uh, dads tend to know what they're talking about. Uh, that's for sure. It's uh, episode 19 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Jason Miller joining us this week. Just a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fixed anytime, day or night. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. Jason, what would you say was the moment when it hit you that you made it of some sorts? When, when did that come about? I believe when the very first time that I've been on a team that won a cup race. I was on the 55 square D car when Bobby Hamilton won Talladega. And I learned the true meaning of team because we had a lot of guys there and not one guy was the sole reason, the reason why we won that race. And I, I, I think that was the first time I actually felt like, man, I've made, this is where I want to be. This is what I'm going to do, do with my life. And I always am a firm believer in find what you love out of life and find out, a, try to find a way to make a living at it. Because if you do, you'll never work a day in your life. If you find what you want to do out of life and you figure out how to make money at it, Every day you get up, you can't wait to go do it. So I think that was the first time I really felt like uh, that I'd made it. And man, that's, a, that's, that's to hear you say that is so true. And, you know, and, and 
I don't know if people understand the commitments. I mean, I, I believe you've been to work before at six o'clock in the morning and have probably worked until six o'clock the next morning before you left the shop or before you slept in the shop. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you, you, you have put your time in and most people would say, man, if you look at the kind of money, you look at your paycheck and you look at the hours you put in, it's like, man, you're working for pennies. But like you said, if you can find work that you truly love and you're passionate about it, and when you work as hard as you guys work, and I know how hard you work, you never really ever worked a day in your life because you just love what you do. And I love to hear the way you explained it. Well, remember in 2009, when I was up in Martinsville, Virginia, I still lived in North Carolina. And it was two and a half hours to the shop. And, uh, man, I mean, there was a lot of nights, me and Matt Faulkner, Slash, we didn't go home. We slept in the hauler because it was pulled inside the shop. Or there was a couch in the break in the, uh, in the meeting room. I slept on that couch. A couple of nights, I think I fell asleep on the creeper underneath the truck on the plate. <laughs> so, I mean, but, you know, I, I don't regret none of that. Yeah because it led me to where I am today. And I always tell everybody that, yeah, I've never seen a Brinks truck follow a Hearst. Do not, do not judge your life by how much money you got in your pocket. Judge your life by, are you getting to do what you love to do? Just getting paid to do that is a bonus. Absolutely. And I want to say, that's a great point, Jason. That's a beautiful point, really, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, that is so true, man. Um, but you were just talking about in 2009 when we drove for Jim Harris in the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series. Jason Miller was my crew chief, and Slash was Jason's engineer, our engineer. And these guys lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, and our race shop was in Martinsville, Virginia. And, and man, I I knew how committed Jason was because I worked with him prior to that. But, man, we took a team that was really way underfunded. And Jason and our small, small group of guys that we had, we were forced to be reckoned with every week. We're top five, top ten. Every time we went to the racetrack, should have won two or three or four races that year. And when Jason tells you he fell asleep underneath the race truck, I witnessed it. And when Jason tells you that he slept in the hauler in our trailer there at the race shop, he not only did that one time, he did that lots of time. So, man, I've witnessed it. I lived it with him. I wasn't there every day because I lived in Texas. But, man, when I was there, it was amazing the commitments that Jason Miller and, and the guys that he had working beside him were so committed to our racing team. And, man, it, it was fun. It was fun to be a part of it. It was fun to, to work with Jason. And, man, what a what a cool time, man. So that was pretty awesome. Well, and, Jason, you worked with David that entire 2009 campaign. You guys were in the top ten more often than not, 14 top ten finishes, top ten in final points. What were some of your favorite memories working with David that entire 2009 campaign? Um, Michigan. I mean, I always wanted to run good at Michigan. I always that was the hardest track as a crew chief to to set a car up for because you had to handle, you had to you you had to have aero package, 
you had to have it was it's a you had to have a world horsepower that track there is if you are down one little one little thing if you're suffering on one little thing it shows up so great there and for us i think we finished fifth there that that race didn't we david I think that it was, was probably, I don't remember, third or fifth or fourth, fifth or, I don't remember. Yeah, that was probably, I mean, that that was one of my fondest memories because I always wanted to run good in Michigan because it was all where all the manufacturers were. It was their home track, and, and, and you you would have bragging rights. You know, hey, I won Michigan, <laughs> and, and uh, I, that was one of the, the good ones. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Dover were leading the race. We just – past Kyle Bush and Colin Braun and took the lead and the yellow come out and David goes and it was really funny because Ray Dunlap just come and interviewed me and says are you going to pit I'm like no we're good we're good and Ray Dun then David goes uh I got a flat right front tire under caution and I'm like are you sure he's like yeah it's flat so here we come down pit road and Ray Dunlap standing behind me on the pit box, throwing his arms up in the air like, dude, you just told me you wasn't going to pit. And I was like, I got a flat right front tire. I can't stay out. So we we uh, come in, changed tire. We put, went ahead, put four on, went back out. We restarted 13th. And there was about nine laps to go. And I'm like, we're done. There's no way. We we didn't win the race, but he got all the way back to third. And if we'd had about two more laps, we would have won that race. Absolutely. So that that was that was a really good one. Uh, Memphis, we finished third. Uh, ORP, we uh, we finished third. I think that's we the had, one. Yeah. That's the one, Jason. I was going to tell the ORP. I don't <laughs> remember all the situation was, but I remember we lead the race. And your crew, my crew chief comes over the radio. I won't mention who it was to say, "Hey, dude, you got to slow down. You got ten laps left. You got to slow down. If you don't slow down, we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose the race. We're winning the lead. We're leading." Jason's in my ear. You got to slow down. You got to slow down two seconds. I'm like, man, how do you do that? And and he finally told he got on the radio and said, "Star, if you don't slow down." we're going to run out of fuel and man, I come out of the gas, you know, and uh, I think that's where we finished third at. Am I, am I telling that yeah. story right, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. We, I knew we could win the race because Timothy Peters ended up winning the race. Okay. And he, he won the race because about 15 laps after we all pitted, he spun out. So he came down pit road cause he had flat spotted tires and he took gas and tires. He come back out. I mean, we drove around him and drove away from him, but his caution, he caused that caution, and he had more gas than everybody else. So it came down between us, Hornaday, and Timothy. Well, Hornaday couldn't make it either. Hornaday actually ran out of – I think he ran out of gas on the checkered flag lap. We pushed to the – we finished third. So we had to go through post-race teardown. We pushed to the to – the, uh, to the fuel and we're filling it up to go across the height sticks it was 18 gallon fuel cell it held 18.2 we were out of fuel dude yeah oh, we were on fumes we were that's, on fumes 
That's that's amazing, man. But man, you are. Uh, you you've done a great job being a crew chief, man. You uh, let, tell some of the people, some of the teams you work with, and some of the drivers. And uh, I mean, you, you we won races together at Red Horse. You was my crew chief there, and, and, uh, and I was your car you, chief there. Jamie Jones was a crew chief. Okay, Jamie Jones yeah. was our crew chief, but yeah, but I you, was car chief. Um, then we got uh, let's see, Terry Cook gave me my first shot at being a crew chief. Terry so Cook, I, wow, yeah. I had to throw Terry Cook out there because Jim Harris was going to go to a two-car team the next year, and Donnie Leah was going to come and and do that. So uh, Terry's like, okay, Danny Rollins is going to do Donnie. You're my crew chief. And I'm like, do what? He says, you're going to be my crew chief. I said, you sure? He says, yeah, you you can do it. Trust me. I'm like, okay. So Terry gave me my first shot. So, um, at the end of that year, I went to TRG with TRG Racing, the racer, the racers group, um, Kevin Buckler owned it. So, I went there to be Butch Hilton's car chief on the seven with Andy Lally. And Andy well, Lally was your driver? Yeah, Andy Lally okay. was going to be the driver. I was going to be the car chief. Butch Hilton was going to be the crew chief. Well, Donnie Leah found out that I left and he wanted me to be his crew chief. So he calls up Kevin Buckler and we start a second team. Kevin comes in and says, Hey, I'm starting second team. You're going to be the crew chief. I said, okay, who's the driver? He said, Donnie Leah. He called and asked for you specifically. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And That's I think a smart that was, race car driver. <laughs> yeah. I was so confused. I think that was about, uh, Three weeks before Daytona. Wow! <laughs> and then wow. Donnie wasn't even Donnie wasn't even approved to run Daytona. We had really? to put Mike Bliss, yeah, we had to put Mike Bliss in for Daytona, but they were going to let Donnie run the next week. Okay. So Donnie didn't even get to run Daytona, and we get to the fifth race of the year at Mansfield, and me and Donnie win it. And I know that's a sore subject. If you oh. would have had a flat tire, you probably would have beat us. But I Go. think every you were leading that race. Tell the story, man. Heck. Okay. <laughs> my well, favorite crew had... chief here, my crew chief that I love, was <laughs> racing against me. <laughs> yeah. Well, at Mansfield, and you were leading the race. We had a, a restart, and uh, you had a right front tire going down and didn't know it. You drove away from us for a little bit, and then we started running you back down. I was already content with running second. I was like, okay. It's our fifth race. It's a brand-new team, rookie driver. We're going to run second our fifth race. That's going to be okay, you know. I done, I done said, okay, we're going to run second. David's got this. Well, David starts coming back to us. David's slowing down. And then on, on that last that last, that last green wide checker, Donnie drives down in there and makes it three wide, getting in between you, him, and Todd Bodine. And we, I think we finally squirt out of the middle and win the race. And we, after the post-race teardown, your truck's sitting over there and the right front tire's flat as heck. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a, man, you talk about leading almost every every lap of the race. But, you know, I yep. think with three or four laps to go, you could, you know, my, my truck just turned so good and the forward bike was incredible. We just had a great truck all day long. And 
I don't know, with three laps to go or four laps, you could feel it. It wouldn't rotate as good, you know what I mean? It's like, man, this thing won't turn, you know? And, uh, and you know, every corner got worse. And uh, they gave me the white flag, and I went into turn one, man, that sucker. I'm like, turn, turn, you know, won't turn. And next thing you know, somebody bumps me in the left rear, and I'm, you know, I'm swatting flies in there. And, uh, and uh, you know, I would have done the same thing Donnie did, you know. I mean uh, – but, you know, he turned underneath me, and we dragged race down the back straight away. And then we, when he turned down into three, he completed the pass, and he wanted to race. Him and Jason Miller wanted to race. And, uh, you know, I was like, I said, man, I, I, something's wrong. Something happened. I, I barely finished second. But uh, when I pulled in into Pitt Road, uh, Tom Deloach, the guy, the, my team owner, said, hey, man, look at the right front. He said, it's flat. I said, well, I knew something was wrong at the end because – the truck would turn, you know, but it was, uh, it was cool. It was cool. I led it every lap, but the last lap, you know, wasn't cool at the time, but it was kind of, <laughs> kind of cool that my, you know, uh, my buddy Jason Miller and his driver, they, they had beat me and uh, it was a great race and it was exciting for the fans, you know, and uh, that was pretty cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing was, is I remember Jamie, he was, he was, he was mad. Jamie Jones, he was still your crew chief and, and Jamie walked up to me. He says, he says, is that the same setup in that truck that's in this one? I said, yeah, pretty much. He said, he said, uh, what chassis is that? I said, well, it's got a Chevrolet body on it, but it is a TRD chassis. <laughs> I said, there ain't, there ain't, the only thing difference is the power plant in the front nose. <laughs> so that made him feel a little bit better that, what he had taught me over at Red Horse and stuff when we raced together um, kind of still, you know, prevailed it. Really, his setup finished one, two, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jamie's a good guy. Jamie, I like Jamie. He's a good guy. So, yeah. so, so, Jason, tell us about what you got going on nowadays. What have you been up to as of late? Oh, well, we. I was hoping David was going to come be my driver this year. Last year we had some good runs together, man. Anytime we did. I, man, anytime I drive Jason's cars, man, God, they're fast. They handle so good. And man, you know, last year, uh, you know, when our sport shut down because of the COVID nineteen and everything, and then they NASCAR opened our, our our sport back up. I was fortunate enough to be able to work with Bobby Dodder and Jason Miller again. And man, we had some great runs. Wow, we had some great runs. And uh Go ahead, Jason. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we was real close. I thought me and you were going to be back together again this year, and I was really hoping and really wanting that because I, I know what we can do together. And uh, it, un unfortunately, it, things just didn't happen fast enough. Absolutely. And, and, and Bobby, as an owner, Bobby had to do what was, was right for him. And uh, and trust me, Bobby wanted you know they wanted you there too, but he just could he had he couldn't keep pushing off the partnership between him and Rick Ware, you know. Right. And then you know we tried to bring it along through Rick with you. It just it, Rick had commitments that he had to honor, and we couldn't give David the races that he wanted. Um, but you never know, you know, right. never know what might happen in the future. Anytime anybody asks me if you want to race with David Starr again, I'd be like, heck yeah, where do we sign up at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I'm going to have a, a mixture of drivers 
Um, I've had Cody Ware for three races this year. I'm getting ready to have J.J. Yaley again at Martinsville for the third time this year. I've had Garrett Smithley once. Um, I got some other drivers that I can't say who they are yet, but I'm really <laughs> excited, really excited about the Coda race. I can't reveal that yet, but uh, but I get a chance to we run see, with us. We see your excitement. We can kind of understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coda's going to be fun. Uh, can't wait to get to work with this young man. Man, I, I worked with nine different drivers last year, David. That's amazing, nine. man. You know? Uh, I know, but the, but the consistent thing is, you know – the race car, no matter what driver you plug into that Jason Miller, Bobby Dodder race car, it's always fast. And, and, that, and that's, that's a consistent thing. You know, I, I heard some rumblings last year, maybe the year before, maybe a driver was complaining that the car didn't drive this or this. But, you know, I, I can assure you that I know that your race cars drive good. They always have always will and and uh so you just keep doing what you're doing and, and let the fans know here jason don't don't be too humble let them know that already this year you got two or three top 10 finishes already you've had already had a pretty good year already yeah um we we should have finished easily top 10 at phoenix and they had that last green white checker Right. And uh, um, we got bottled up pretty bad there with some cars hitting the wall in front of us. And we ended up 12th. Um, JJ drove from 33rd to 9th. And uh, I felt like we had a, a maybe close to a top five car. Um, track position and a little bit different things would have fell our way. I, I felt like we had close to a top five car. Um, Homestead, I felt like we had a really good car, which you had a really good car also. Uh, just circumstances of the right front again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, your right front tire not not wanting to hold air there at the end. Um, yeah. I just uh, – I, I feel like that our cars are as good as we possibly can make them. Uh, there's, a, there's some things – I know a lot of people get on, on radio and, the, and get on TV – and, and they cry about things that they don't have. Well, I'm going to sit here and rejoice about the things that I do have. Absolutely. And I, I have a great owner and Bobby daughter. I mean, that's the reason why I've been out of my 20-something years. I've been with Bobby for 10 of it. And I've had chances to go to some of the big teams. And I've turned them down because I like being able to work on a race car. I don't want to be that crew chief that has to go and sit in the office and walk around and tell everybody what to do. I do do that. I do go around and say, you know, I'm only one man. I have to have people. Uh, Peter Michaud, uh, he's my right-hand man at the shop now. If it wasn't for him, I mean, the, I tell everybody, when that man rolls underneath that car before it goes into the hauler, you ain't got to worry about it. Absolutely. It ain't going to fall apart. Yeah. Um, and I, I got, you know, I got a couple young kids. I, I got my brother-in-law working for me now. I mean, I, I got a good team. Uh, but I, I'm the type of guy, I don't want to sit in, a, in, in an office. 
You know, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that goes out and TIG welds parts together. I want to be the guy that sets his own car up and still pulls it down. So I'm not going to sit here and, and, and cry about things that I don't have. I'm going to sit here and rejoice about the things that I do. And, and the one thing that I do. Okay. Well, I'm just curious, what's your outlook for this weekend's race? Like you mentioned, J.J. Ailey flirted with some top ten finishes the two times you've had him. You have him back this weekend in Martinsville. What are your expectations? Well, with the way that things are now, we're going to have to start 33rd again. Because when you make driver changes, you uh, you have to go – no matter where you finish the race before or anything like that, you got to give up 10 spots because you changed driver. So, I mean, that, you know, it's not for me to say that's the way NASCAR feels like it's, it's fair and, and I'll abide by whatever they say. You know, I love NASCAR. I, they're, they're a great sport and they're a great bunch of guys, but we're having to start 33rd. So we did it. We did it in Phoenix. I think we can do it in Martinsville. Uh, we're we're going to run top ten. That's what that's what our goal is. I was fixing to tell the people that uh, no matter where your car is going to start, it's going to run good. Just judging off, you know, uh, your your uh, finishes that you have had over the years, the way your cars have driven there at Marsville, you got that place figured out. You got them all figured out. But you know, uh, you know, the last time y'all ran Martinsville. Uh, you had a different driver, and your car was exceptionally fast and handled good and got around there really quick. You had a mechanical issue. So yeah. you know you're going to have a good piece there, and uh, I'm excited to come racing against my buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that'll be awesome. That'll be a absolutely. lot of fun, guys. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Before we get to our uh, NASCAR News and Notes segment, I want to remind the folks to stop by Whataburger for a hot hearty breakfast any morning or late at night. They're serving up breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, let's find out the latest happenings in the NASCAR world as we head to Martinsville. Dominic, take it away. Sure. So every week we take a look at our top news and notes headlines. Certainly seven winners in the Cup Series in the first seven races. But our focus goes this week to a driver that hasn't run in the Cup Series since 2016, but did make some headlines last week. Carl Edwards, a 28-time Cup Series winner in NASCAR's Top Series, was on NASCAR Race Hub catching up with some of the drivers and the show, and he was telling Bobby Labonte he would be interested in a one-off race if the opportunity presented itself. So there's the potential. Carl Edwards may not be done after all in the Cup Series, potentially a one-race return on top of a potential U.S. Senate run in 2022 in Missouri. <laughs> hmm. Well, uh, let's start with you, Jason. What do you think about the idea of Carl Edwards coming back? Well, I know Carl pretty good. Uh, I remember we were at Dover one time, and he come up to me. It was really funny. He was driving Super Chips truck for Jack, and um, he come up to me. He says, Jack's going to fire me, Jason. I said, what? So Jack's going to fire me. I destroyed two trucks in one weekend. <laughs> I looked at him. I said, Carl, if Jack fires you, I was, I was actually working for Bobby Hamilton. I said, if Jack fires you, Jack's crazier than I thought. I said, because you got so much talent and you ain't even figured it out yet. I said, and by the way, Bobby Hamilton told me that if Jack fires you, you got to ride next week in one of his trucks. <laughs> 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 so... <laughs> So I like Carl. I think Carl uh, 
I think Carl had his reason reasons for stepping away from the sport. And uh, I think if he if he really wants to do this, this is something in his heart that he feels like he needs to do, then I think he'll come back and I think he'll succeed at it. What say you, David? What do you think about the idea of Carl possibly coming back? And a one-off, where do you see him potentially maybe doing one race? Well, man, I, I, I would love – I think it would be good for our sport to have Carl Edwards back in NASCAR. He's a – like Jason Miller was saying, Carl's a great guy, such a talented, great, great, great race car driver. Been great friends with Carl for a long time. We raced hard together back in the truck series and uh, just an awesome competitor. I mean, that guy lived in sleep racing and we saw him me and jason a lot of others seen him when he came into the sport we were competing against him you know and and was excited for him when jack rouse gave him that big opportunity and and to see what he has done with his career you know i was really like everybody else when carl decided to retire i i was really i i mean i was i never seen that coming in a million years you know but but to hear the news that dominic was sharing with us about Carl coming back to do a one-off, maybe road course race or whatever. I mean, let me tell you, there's whenever Carl wants to come back and run a, a competitive powerhouse cup car, that opportunity will be there waiting on him. All he's got to do is let the right people know, and you'll see him in an RCR car. You'll see him in a, in a, in a, a Roush Yates, you know, uh, uh, Stuart Haas, I mean, you'll see him, Hendrix, Joe Gill. I mean, you'll see him when he wants to come back. And if he only wants to do one race, be it be in 2021 or 2022, that it will be a great car. And uh, But I, I think it'd be great for our sport. And I'd love to see him back. And uh, I think it's exciting news, you know. Well, gives, every, gives everybody hope, you know, that Carl Edwards right. will come back. Yeah. Well, the, the way I look at it too, Dominic, Obviously, we'd love to see Carl come back full-time, but we didn't really get to say goodbye to Carl Edwards. He had a very big fan base, and they never really got to have that one moment with Carl. Even if he did just a one-off, I think that'd be important to have a, a send-off of sorts one. Absolutely. It was an abrupt ending to a very, very illustrious Cup Series career, so you're right. I think the fans got to see him run a, a Road America or Sonoma, or Watkins Glen, one of those wheelhouse tracks where he was really great on the road courses, I think there's the potential there where it would be a very, very popular comeback tour sort of feel to it, even if it is just a one-race deal. Yeah. And I want to throw something out there to Carl right now. I got some open seats, Carl. If you want to tune up race before you go run that tough race, give me a call at SS Greenlight Race. <laughs> there you go, Chase. I love it. That's awesome. And I love that, man. <laughs> the other headline we're looking at this week, too, we're always talking about Darlington throwback paint schemes. What's our favorite on this show? But how about a Talladega throwback paint scheme? Joey Gase announced earlier this week that he'll be throwing it back to Davey Allison in the April 23rd Talladega Cup Series race with Donate. Donate Life, excuse me, on the race car in the number 28 will be renumbered from the 53 in a one-off deal. It looks like the old Texaco car from the early 90s. I got to say, guys, that's a really nice-looking paint scheme, a very great touching tribute to the late, great Davey Allison, who was an organ donor and did save lives despite the tragedy that did happen. 
David, as a Texas guy, I know you got to be love loving seeing those uh, those Texaco colors back out there. Well, no, no doubt about it. Just everything about what Dominic was sharing with us—the news about Joey Gase and the the throwback and 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 the donate life and how you know the meaning that behinds it and all the all the people in the world that 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 get a second chance to to live a longer life because of somebody else's misfortune, you know, and, and you look at Davey Allison, uh, I was reading not too long ago that, you know, I, I think I want to say his heart and, and his heart. And I don't remember the other organs, but I was reading a really touching story that touched me that, you know, that what Davey Allison, when he passed his organs that kept other, people extended their life you know so you know on the racing side for Joey Gase to do a throwback at Talladega you know the 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 talent the, the Alabama gang you know Davey Allison Bobby Al Donnie Allison Red Farmer I mean you know that that's just cool stuff but but it's such it's it's much bigger than that you know I think with the uh, with the donate life and and the you know and people um donating their organs under bad circumstances. I think, I think the whole thing is just beautiful. You know what I mean? And uh, it's a beautiful thing. Our, our sport, man, it's uh, we're all about racing and competition, but man, if you step back and look at some of the things that the teams, the drivers, the crew chief, and some of the meaning things and the partners like Joey Gase's mother, you know, when she passed, she was a, a, a organ donor and, and what has become of, of a bad situation and how it's, how it's helped so many other people in, in our, in our country and through racing and all that. It's, it's just beautiful, man. I, I think it's a very touching, uh, heartfelt story. And I think it, it's fitting, man. I, I love that. I think it's great. What say you, Jason? Well, I don't know if you guys are aware, but the 28 car is going to be, the 17 car is going to become the 28 car in the Xfinity series. And Joey's going to be driving the 17 car in the Xfinity series also with a tribute to, uh, to the same, same guy there. Um, but I, I think it's great. I, I knew Joey, uh, I knew Joey when he was running uh, late models for SS Greenlight and Butch Miller was his crew chief. And I got to go and do a couple late model races and spot for him. So uh, knowing Joey and knowing what he went through with his mother and everything and, and everything that Donate Life does, I think it's a great thing. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. very cool. One more, uh, one more on the news and notes front, just looking ahead to Martinsville. David, we'll start with you. Night race uh, under the lights there at Martinsville, the paperclip. What do you think about uh, this weekend's uh, race activities here? Man, I'm just uh, – God, I'm excited, you know, just over the years. You know, the truck series, we, we raced at Martinsville twice a year. And, uh, you know, uh, me and Jason, I mean, we did truck racing for 16, 17 years. And, you know, I want to race there at Martinville. Actually, me and Jason should have won two races in the same year. Uh, yep. But I don't think nice guys don't win. You know, we won the first race there and we come back later that year. and We finished second and we should have won that race as well. But, you know, anytime you go to a short track, Martinsville, Bristol, or any other short track in the country and, race a NASCAR race, it kind of brings you back to where you, where you're, you know, where you grew up at, you know, hearing Jason speak about, you know, how 
he learned about racing early on with his uncle and his dad at seven and eight years old. They were at short tracks around the Indiana area and then growing up in Houston, Texas around Myers Speedway with my dad. But man, and then, you know, getting opportunities to race short tracks. I mean, Friday night underneath the lights. It's pretty freaking awesome, man. It's pretty cool. And uh, I love that place. I love them all, but I, I like something about Martinsville, man. It, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Jason's, you know, Jason's part of that re, uh, reason why I love that racetrack just because we've, we, over the years, we've had pretty good race cars and, uh, you know, it's a lot of luck involved, you know, and, uh, but man, you got to have a car that can get in the corner that can roll the center and you got good forward bite off the corners, you know, and, and people look at that racetrack and they say, man, it's, it looks like it's easy. It might look easy, but let me tell you, it's, it's a handling racetrack. Got to have good brakes. Uh, you got to have some serious torque off the corners and you got to have good forward bite off the corners. And uh, it's not an easy racetrack to have success at because there's a lot of things that got to happen right for you to win or to be competitive all day. But man, I am, you know, to answer your question, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about Martinsville Friday night under the lights. It's going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we should have known the, the yeah. Texas guy here would love some Friday night lights action. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's make some picks. Uh, g- give me uh, one name. We'll start with you, Jason. Uh, one name to watch for that cup race. Who do you like to win? William Byron. Okay. Dominic? Denny Hamlin. David? Uh, Kevin Harvick. I'll go Joe Illigano. We got four different picks. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It kind of shows where things are at right now, and that's not a bad thing, David. No, not at all. I think, uh, you know, Dominic was saying earlier – him and Jason were talking about, I think we've had how many, seven or eight cup races, and we've had seven uh, different winners. And you look at the people that haven't won, I think we're going to continue to see an eighth or a ninth different winner this year because you look at the people that haven't been in victory lane yet that should have been in victory lane. So I think we're going to have some first-time winners and, you know, more first-time winners in 2021 yet on the cup side, no doubt about it. Yeah. And David, we got good picks there. You got Harvick, I got Hamlin. Let's keep that tradition rolling for 2020. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Time for our Ask David segment. We ask you to submit us questions on Facebook and Twitter and email. You can reach out to us, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and email David Star Podcast at gmail.com is where you can find us there. And we'll start out with an email. This one comes from Martin. And Martin writes, David, who was your celebrity crush growing up? (laughs) Man, you know, God, there was a lot of them. (laughs) I mean, you're talking about a young kid. I mean, man, God, I mean, man, you know, why, you know, that's a, that's a great question, but uh, there were lots of them, that's for sure. But uh, celebrity uh, crush, I mean, uh, I, I'm going to talk race cars first. I'm going to talk about I didn't have a crush, but my celebrity crush uh, from the racing standpoint was A.J. Foyt, being from Houston, Texas. 
And, you know, I mean, I, I wanted to be like A.J. Foyt and I went to his shop. It was uh, everything growing up, you know, A.J. Foyt this, A.J. Foyt that. But, uh, but man, growing up as a kid, watching celebrities on television, you know, I uh, – golly, man, there were so many. I, uh, what were the deuce of hazards, you know? The, what was the girl – what was the Daisy. girl – Daisy, man, I was like, man, I couldn't wait to watch that show because I was in love with her. I'm God, she's hot. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, you know, I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old. You know what I mean? I'm like, golly, man. I just like, yeah, but man, that was one of them. I mean, you know, back in my time, it was Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett was pretty hot. I mean, there was a lot of uh, beautiful young actors you know, when I was younger, you know, when I was a kid, but man, I, uh, <laughs> yep, I, I had, I, I, uh, I had lots of them. Basically, if it was a girl on television, I had a crush on her. <laughs> okay, Jason, same question to you. Who was your celebrity crush? Oh, goodness. Uh, I'd have to say Daisy too. too. <laughs> 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 oh, man. remember the shorts she wore? Come on, how could you not? Yeah, that? for real. Wow. <laughs> I mean, gee. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, she had shorts named after Daisy Dukes. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, Dominic, you're on the hot seat now. Who was yours? I'm on, okay, I liked Ashley Tisdale from Disney Star. <laughs> from that the tells Disney, his you know, age, and that tells mine and David's age. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tyler, let's flip that on you. Who was your celebrity crush? Okay, I, I think mine's going to be universally liked uh, for all generations. I, I, I've always liked Jennifer Aniston. Uh, she's aged like a fine wine, you know, better with each year. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely has. And, you know, the interesting part about uh, – Tyler, about you saying that, my, and Jason knows, y'all know my wife, but man, when I had first started dating my wife, uh, she wasn't my wife yet, but people would actually come up to us at restaurants and think she was Jennifer Anderson. They think, I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, you know, I'm like, it was wild. And I, I mean, on three or four occasions, I remember the people, us leaving a restaurant and people wanted to take pictures with her i mean really actually thought she was jennifer anderson because my wife early on and you know looked like jennifer anderson for a long time so it's kind of interesting for you to say that <laughs> uh, hey kim how's it going <laughs> i used to tease david when i was crew chief and for him i'd be like is your wife gonna be there because she would always sit next to me on the box it was great and then when she couldn't be there, she was texting me during the race. What's going on? How's he doing? <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff. I think we all married up, didn't we, Jason? Oh, yeah. And you know, uh, if I don't tell you, your your number one fan said hi. I'm <laughs> sleeping on the couch. Tonight. I'm not going to get to go to the bed. Well, give her a big old hug for me, buddy. That's awesome. <laughs> I will. Yeah. All right. Awesome, uh, this, uh, this next question, uh, also from the – email inbox it comes from donna donna writes david with the masters this weekend i'm curious do you play golf how's your game <laughs> man I, I think the masters is awesome and uh you know i i uh i love the game of golf uh i don't i don't play that much i mean i'm i'm busy i'm active people ask me almost daily 
if you want to go play a game of golf. And I just don't have, I've never had time. You know what I mean? I just, you know, and, and, and what we do in our industry, sponsor related, even before, before the drivers had to bring the funding, I was busy. But now that I have, I have like 80 sponsors and man, it's just our, our, day-to-day activities we're busy man I just never had the time I, I love the game of golf I've been golfing a lot and I played scrambles I've been in a lot of uh, charity scramble games you know but man to be good at that game that's a game you got to play every day or not every day every other day I mean I get out there and I'm frustrated and I'm like man because I'm so competitive I'm like man wait a minute I don't have time to even become halfway decent at this game so i'm just gonna smile enjoy it but i don't play that much golf i'd say i probably play once every six months in a charity scramble where where you use the best ball and i tell the people i'm playing with a blind squirrel can find an acorn every once in a while that means i hit a good ball you know what i mean but all the other well all the other times I'm like, man, it's it's shameful. <laughs> I need to play more, but I don't play that much golf. But it's a beautiful thing to watch it on television or to be to watch somebody that can play the game really good. They make it look so easy and it's not, you know, as we all know. Jason, do you golf? I got one movie that'll sum up my golfing career. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I can knock the crap wrong. out of it. I can knock the crap out of it, but I can't putt for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now, and now, it Dominic, might end up in water. You never, if there's water around, I might as well just quit. <laughs> now, Dominic and I, we both golf, but we're not necessarily good. <laughs> that's true. That's well, I can true. golf with you guys then. Absolutely, we would all be great competition I, for each other. We, we did like a four-man scramble thing. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. exactly. Yeah, it'd like be quick. a mystery box on whose ball we're going to pick because we're just going to all be so bad. But we'll still have fun with it. <laughs> so, Tyler, quick story. I was in Kansas City when I when I went to the uh, Cleveland Browns and the Chiefs game uh, yeah. in the winter time, December, I believe it was, uh, and we went to Top Golf. And uh, I was at Top Golf. I mean, what a great place, you know. And I'm like Jason, man. I was happy Gilmore in that baby. I just get run, get a run and start. And uh, but man, there was a, a younger girl. I think she was 13 or 14 playing with us. And I want to say she was out driving me. And it's like, <laughs> dude, I was bad. I'm like, how's that possible? You know what I mean? So again. <laughs> If you don't do this every day, you got to just smile and have fun. But, man, it's hard. You know, we're, we're competitors. You know what I mean? And, man, I was – God, I, I promised myself when I left there that if I get invited back to Top Golf again and there's a 14 or 12-year-old or, or or 13-year-old that's playing with us, that she was not going to outdrive me. But if, if tomorrow – I got invited with a bunch of kids. They would definitely beat me because I have not been back since. That's how much time I don't have, you know. <laughs> and that is, a, that is a good note to end on today's show. <laughs> it has been a lot of fun. Uh, Jason, appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, remind the folks one more time where they can uh, follow you and see where uh, – you, you guys are, are headed and, and uh, all the great stuff you guys got going on there with your race team. 
you can you can check us out at uh, SS Greenlight, our our web page, our uh, Facebook page, and also at uh, Rick Ware Racing. Uh, you can you can follow us there also. And uh, if next week you know who my driver is, please let me know so I know before. <laughs> I'm going to be your driver. Uh, you're in. Come on over. Let's fit you up in the seat. You know, uh, reach up there, pull those belts down one more time. Absolutely. <laughs> well, man, Jason, hey, man, what a – hey, buddy, what an honor it's been, dude. You're uh, – man, you're just a great friend and just a hell of a crew chief. And, uh, man, it's it's an honor that you would jump on our podcast with us tonight. And, uh, man, we, we could sit here and talk for hours and hours, you know. But uh, thanks for giving us the insight about Jason Miller, you know. So, uh, we appreciate it. It's an honor to have you, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, man. And I, like I said, I tell all the young kids, find what you want to do out of life and learn how to make a living out of it. Find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Hey, that's right. That's y'all good. Hear that? Y'all hear that, guys? Duly noted. Written down. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. There you go. David, tell us what's going on with you these the next few days. You get ready for Martinsville. A uh, shorter week with a Friday night race. No doubt about it, man. I was uh, at our uh, Team Texas Racing School. Uh, I was at the Texas Motor Speedway today, uh, working with my Uncle Mike, getting uh, some of our school cars ready for we got a school here in a couple weeks. And uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, man, my yard's got a bunch of leaves in it. The wind was blowing today. I'm going to work in my yard a little bit. I, I believe I got a baseball game tomorrow evening. And uh, and then Thursday morning, I'll be on an airplane uh, flying over to Charlotte getting ready for uh, – uh, Martinsville or Martinsville race Friday night. So, uh, man, just uh, looking forward to a great weekend uh, of racing and not only our race, but the cup race Saturday night. So, uh, looking forward to that, man. So, yeah. And, Dominic, what's going on with the racing experts this week? Man, we'll just continue to cover the sport. Got to give a shout out to our guy, Jonathan Field. He's really been stepping up and helping us over the last few weeks. Adam Kuhn, appreciate you guys. And, keeping the site going. So we'll continue to cover the sport, continue to cover the news going on and look forward to getting back to a racetrack here pretty soon. Tyler, what's on tap for you? Oh man, it's uh, it's busy uh, covering the nation from your station at uh, local news live. Got a new Jones report that'll be out uh, on Thursday as well. So certainly uh, you can follow all my happenings on Twitter at Tyler Jones live, which uh, is a good reminder of the folks to subscribe to Let's Go Racing. New episodes out each and every week on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Subscribe, hit the like button, do all that stuff. We're also on social media, Twitter, at Star Podcasts, Facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcasts, and email davidstarpodcasts at gmail.com. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot and prepared, just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. We got to put the checkered flag out on this episode for David Starr, Jason Miller, Dominic Aragon, and I'm Tyler Jones saying so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.